Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. And in our first segment today, I'm going to talk to all of you entrepreneurs. And hey, when we think about it, every one of us is an entrepreneur seeking out new horizons to define our mission in life, to guide ourselves in the fulfillment of that mission, and to contribute our best and to enjoy life to the fullest all the way along the way from here on. And most of us uh, think like entrepreneurs, when we are, or we used to do that, when we were in our late teens and early 20s, the world was our oyster and the sky was the limit. But most of us, as we married, started a family, settled into our career and our job, unfortunately, as a lot of us think of it, the world seems to shrink around us when we place others in control, the boss, perhaps our spouse, opinion leaders, God knows, hopefully not politicians, but our major ambition seems to be remain in our comfort zone. And before I introduce our guest, let me ask you a question. Are you presently living a safe but joyless and uninspiring life? Well, at nearly 40 years old, my guest, Laura DeFranco, had a lot going for her. She was a wife, mother of two, an operator of her own physical therapy practice, but she wasn't happy. The problem she came to realize was she was living in her comfort zone, and here is her voice. I followed the rules and everyone else's and uh, didn't upset anybody, never spoke up, never said no, and started burning myself out. And Laura continues, somewhere along the line I lost my voice, and that took a toll on me physically and mentally. And the good news, Laura DeFranco was here to reveal the ways to escaping from your comfort zone and discovering, as she puts it, your very own Taekwondo, And here's Laura DeFranco's background. She's a master in physical therapy with almost three decades of experience in holistic physical therapy. She's now a third-degree black belt in Taekwondo, so we better behave ourselves. (laughs) And through her Brave Healer Productions, Laura offers inspiring speeches, workshops, an online writing club, and other services to help uh, talented health professionals to tell her own stories, and she's author of six books, and she's got a new ebook we'll talk about today, Living, Healing, and Taekwondo, a memoir to inspire your inner warrior, and her stated mission is to get you back to doing what you love, to help you beat, and pardon the language, shit that gets in the way of living fiercely alive. And hello, Laura, <laughs> and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Oh, man, I think you just won the prize for best introduction. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It all came from the information on your website. Let's begin with your... You're good at it. 
<laughs> Let's begin with your own experience. What activities during uh, middle age were key to discovery of your true passion? What activities, huh? I mean, I think it was just really, you know, you said it earlier about getting out of the comfort zone, but the problem is that we're so sort of used to that that feeling and that safety of that feeling that we don't get out there and really go for the bigger dreams. But, um, you know, one of the activities was getting involved in the martial arts, and um, I had always been an athlete, but martial arts sort of took it to another level. It was a little bit more mind, body, soul versus just body, you know? Yeah, that's, it's so strange that so many of us may be highly dissatisfied with life the way it is, and still we don't want to get out of our comfort zone, <laughs> even when we have nothing really to protect. Because we're not well, that I think happy that's it. Not inspired. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's, it is kind of interesting. There's a fear, um, there, and I'm not exactly sure what that fear is. You know, the fear of change, the fear of losing things that you have, even though you might be unhappy with the things you have. Um, yeah. There's a lot of fear that gets in the way. I, I call some of it now purpose-driven fear because yeah. you know you got a thing inside that's going to keep nudging you. And it's that nudge that you have to pay attention to. Yes, that's for sure. Well, here's a question most folks fail to understand. For maximum success in your business or as an individual contributor in life, who should come first, yourself or others, your clients, your customers, or those you're attempting to serve? Who really comes first? <laughs> Is that, yeah. I think that might be a trick question, but you know what? I'm going to answer it with confidence. Uh, you need to come first because you need to serve from an overflow, not your reserves. And that's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. So if you are serving everybody else first, if you're putting everybody else first, you want to know how fast you're going to burn out? And the whole idea is to be able to give from an overflow of energy and give generously and um, keep that joy going so that others can reap the benefit of that energy, right? And it's, this yeah. is all about energy. So if yours isn't up, you got a problem. Well, that's such a good point that uh, so few of us fail to recognize. But uh, You tell us that everything that happens to us happens through our awareness. It's a matter of being fully awake to the stuff in your life. Can you please show us how uh, body awareness connects you with your inner healer and gives you powerful choices? Yeah, you know, really all healing, the foundation of all healing is awareness. The foundation of all courage and confidence is awareness. Um, the foundation of everything you want in your life is being awake and aware of what is happening. And really, I talk about body awareness. You know, I've got a physical therapy background. Yeah. So I really want people to feel what's going on. Your intuition functions um, and speaks to you in the language of sensation. If we're not feeling, we are not healing. So that's what really what I mean by waking up and using awareness is we have to understand what we're feeling. We have to understand what we're thinking so that we can respond to the life situations versus constantly reacting in kind of a triggery way. Yeah, that's such a good point, too, that uh, so many of us just basically let someone else direct our lives. Yep. <laughs> let circumstances determine what we're doing rather than uh, 
making it happen. But the, well, how yeah, does the mastery of uh, how did the mastery of Taekwondo help you connect with your inner warrior? The answers you seek about your health and well-being, and about playing a bigger uh, role in the world uh, to share your message out loud. How did how did Taekwondo help bring that about? You know, Taekwondo is a really, really interesting um, way of life, really. It's not just a sport. And when you get involved, you immediately realize that you better be um, awake (laughs) or else you're going to get kicked in the head, literally. So, you know, you can't be distracted. You have to be present in your body, in your mind as you're practicing. And that was probably one of the best. Um, lessons I learned about awareness is to be present. But also, you know, my master has a great quote. He says, um, discipline the mind and the body will follow. Mm-hmm. And over the years, yeah, it's a good one, right? The, over the years, I really figured out what that meant. And I really had to focus on shifting my mindset. So I'd have to say that was the biggest gift of Taekwondo for me. Well, that's great. Well, the- well, so many of us are devoting the majority of our time on the job pursuing work that we kind of just fell into, not performing tasks we're really passionate about. The problem is twofold. First, defining that passion, and second, transitioning into a job or business closer to that passion. So to start, how do we clear out all the clutter of our adult experience so that we can get in touch with who we really are, what lights us up? How do we clear away some of those layers of uh, clutter yeah. that come into our lives? Super awesome question. And it really, you hit it on the head first. You really have to figure out uh, what you want what and and really what makes you feel that passion. And a lot of us have grown up not even exploring that, like what we truly, truly want. Like when you think about it, is this what everybody else told you you should want? Or is this something that actually really feels good inside and that you want, you know, for that reason? So it goes back to feeling it and get some clarity. You know, I'm a fan of journaling. And so I guess I would really suggest to clear out some of that noise by getting it out in words if that is something that you want to try. I write to feng shui my soul. That's how I use journaling and writing nowadays. And you even have a a club on your website. Tell us a little about that. I do. Thanks. The Right Habit Online Writing Club is um, we do some guided exercises, body awareness combined with the writing, and it's with a group of people who are really learning about all of these topics we're talking about today. And I love sharing that work with people, just getting them connected to that place that really can give you the answers to everything that you want. It's your own intuition. Getting that clarity is sometimes the best aha for people. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, what if your current profession is an accountant, but you're surprised to find a writer, poet, artist, or singer underneath all the layers you've uh, piled on top of your light? Any suggestions on how to transition your career while you still earn a living to support yourself and family? Or is that <laughs> yeah, even realistic? I, I mean, if you're, you work as yes. an accountant, can you really become a singer? <laughs> I love that you picked accountant as the example. Well, I, I could have picked anything. Really. <laughs> <Better> <laughs> <I know. laughs> true, true. No, I know. I, you know what? For me, because I um, I started to transition a bit to the writing and the 
writing coaching and speaking and I love poetry and I'm, you know, I'm kind of a multi uh, potentialite, I think uh, is the word for it these days. But my biggest suggestion is to dabble in Meshin as much as possible on the side and then do it a little more and then do it a little more until you can finally tip the teeter-totter in the other direction toward the thing you want to do. Um, sometimes people will say, just make the leap and go 100%. Well, I don't think that's just practical all the time, and we got bills to pay. Yeah, you know? sometimes something looks great from a distance, and then you make that leap and you find out really the majority of the time you're not really enjoying yourself that much. It looked great from yeah. the outside. So I, I certainly would hardly agree with your uh, gradual transitioning. I know I was an insurance especially insurance broker, when I wrote my first book, and that uh, started my transition away from that. But I yeah. kept earning a living for another 10 years or so before I actually got into doing this kind of thing. But uh, Yeah, so you got it. Well, now, you talk about the, how fear of venturing outside your comfort zone holds so many of us back from achieving our full potential, and you've developed some fear-crushing tools that can help us break out. Can you please describe a few of those tools that uh, we could use? Yeah, I think if we go back to the idea of awareness, you have to understand your fear as a feeling first. Fear is just a feeling. In fact, my um, my gal who helps me with uh, breath work, the therapeutic modality, she says fear is just excitement without the breath. And when I got it, like when I really got that it was a feeling and the problem with the feeling of fear is that I was making it mean all sorts of things in my head. I was making stuff up about what the feeling was, um, you know, going to mean in my life. It's, that's the problem. So the tool is an awareness tool where you have to kind of back away three giant steps and, and watch yourself like you're watching a movie. What are you feeling? What are you thinking about what you're feeling? And maybe write a few, you know, write a few of those things down so that it can be out loud, out of your head, and you can have the awareness. With awareness, we get a choice. So if we have a choice, we can sort of see what lines up with our passions, then we can move through fear even though we feel it inside of us. Yeah, it's really so, is so crucial that you understand where the fear is coming from because so often yeah. it just uh, gets embedded in, uh, embedded in our minds. And, you know, maybe even from childhood, you can't do such and such or, you know, you'll yes. get in trouble if you do such and such. And until you understand where that fear is coming from, you can't really address it. But uh, Exactly. You can understand where it's coming from, and then as an adult, you can also understand that it just doesn't serve you anymore. I mean, there might be a, been a time where it did. It was more like you had to survive, so you had to yeah. do certain things, right? But nowadays, it just doesn't do anything for you anymore. No, it's a, well, I like this where you tell us to get our badass on and have fun with our fears. How can I? I can <laughs> see how you understand them, but how do you have fun with <laughs> with a fear? <laughs> You know what, I have and I, I have fun with my purpose-driven kind of fear because what I realize is that every time it comes up in me, it's just kind of my little inner guide saying, hey, this matters, like mm. go for it, you know? And so yeah. when I reframed it like that, I could have a lot more fun with it. I could act, like take the action 
even with the feeling inside of me. And believe me, when things start happening in your life because you're taking aligned action, you will start to have a lot more fun with the feeling of fear because you realize it's a compass. Yeah. Well, here you have a, a topic listed, several topics listed on your keynotes, and one of them is being a healer killing you. And how in the heck can healing others take toll on yourself? It seems like uh, that would be richly satisfying. But I guess, you know, <laughs> if you're not, if you run down and you're not really enjoying it, it can be a killer. I don't know. Yeah, I think that a lot of the time it's just that we get into our business and we we forget how to say no. Um, we're seeing too many clients a day. We're burning ourselves out. We're not filling our own cup back up like what I was saying about serving from an overflow. Yeah. And you may love what you do in the you know in the work as a healer, but if you're not taking care of yourself, it's not going to really matter how much you love it if you're burning out. Well, throughout your website, you uh, emphasize mastery of your body-mind awareness. What do you mean by this term, and how do we accomplish body-mind awareness? Well, I mean, the body-mind connection, right? We, we know about this. We've been learning about it. There's a lot more research about it. In other words, everything is connected. Everything yeah. you feel, happy, sad, mad, they all have a physiological um, effect inside of you, chemically, physically, in your body. So when you realize that you can focus on things that raise that energy vibration inside of you, then it kind of gets a little bit interesting, right? And I'll go back to with the awareness, you have a choice, right? So you can either stay angry and leave that toxic kind of physical effect inside of you, you're only doing it to yourself. So we really want to master this mind-body connection and the way that we're thinking about things and putting our attention on things. Yeah, that's so true when you sit and uh, resent something that somebody did maybe years ago or months ago, and it's not hurting that person. Basically, it's just hurting yourself and uh, it's uh, your body is being impacted by what's in your mind, and uh, you know every day you're bitter. <laughs> you yes. can't really yes. inspired That's to do it. anything positive. <laughs> that is exactly sense. it. Yes, resentment is tough. Resentment is toxic inside of you, right? And that's yeah. why a lot of people talk about forgiveness being for you, not for anyone else. Yeah, that's so true. Well, let's talk a bit about your latest ebook, Living Healing and uh, Taekwondo. Who is this book written for, and what do you want readers to take away? Oh, thanks. You know, I think it's written for the person who might be sitting in their comfort zone but feel, and feeling a little bit miserable and wondering why. Like they checked off all the check marks that yeah. everyone said that they should check, and they're still sitting there going, wait a minute, why, why aren't I happy yet? And Living, Healing, and Taekwondo is a, a memoir, um, but I do a lot of teaching inside of it about fear. Mm-hmm. My son and I started Taekwondo together when he was five and a half. And yeah, and I was journaling along the six years that we trained together and finally earned our black belts together when he was 11. It's a pretty cool story. That's very impressive. Is he still doing that now? How old is your son now? He's in college now and he has moved on. Uh, you know, moved on to his computer science studies, but his, but yeah. I still practice, and um, yeah, I was I was a little bit addicted to that whole martial arts thing from the beginning. 
Well, does, does every reader have to take up Taekwondo, or are there other ways for the, uh, folks to discover their passions? Of course not, and there's so many different ways. And I think really the book, I hope, inspires people to go after whatever way is good for them. Yeah, that's, that's certainly true. Well, where's the best place to preview and purchase your book, uh, Living, oh, Healing, this- and Taekwondo? Yeah, just hop onto Amazon. It's listed there, and um, you know you guys can purchase the ebook or the paperback these days. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and uh, you have a heck of a lot of valuable information on your website. Give us that address so folks can go there. And also, you have a podcast. I guess to tell us about that. Thank you very much, bravehealer.com. I do have quite a bit of uh, information and inspiration for you, so go explore. And the Brave Healing Podcast, Words That Change the World, it's really about sharing stories of my fellow healers and artists and authors and entrepreneurs because I really think that paying that forward, you know, people did that for me and now I would like to do that for them. I think sometimes it's hard to get your message out in a bigger way and really affect, you know, more of the people you were born to serve. And so the podcast, the Brave Healing podcast is really about that. And how, does, how does somebody access that podcast? Do they go through your website or how do you, uh, how do you find Definitely. that? Definitely. I've got it on my website. You'll see a podcast tab at the top and um, it's on iTunes. Oh, great. <laughs> Well, in conclusion, the theme of our program, Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, is right in line with Laura's message. You won't bring joy and passion to the rest of your life without moving out of your comfort zone, overcoming your fears, and discovering the person you were created to be and the message and service you were intended to deliver to others. And go to her website, listen to her podcast, preview and purchase her book, Living, Healing, and Taekwondo, and get to know Laura DeFranco, because she's got a great message for all of us at middle age. And thank you so much, Laura, for joining us here today. Best of success in all that you do. Thank you very much. My pleasure. It was awesome. Well, that was both a sensible and inspiring message from our guest, Laura DeFranco. It makes absolutely no sense to remain in your so-called safe occupation or lifestyle if they don't bring you joy and do not truly benefit you or anyone else. What's the point of being safe if you're miserable? And before we close this week's program, I want to raise another controversial topic, the case against early retirement. And note, I don't plan to address the financial aspects of retirement, So let's assume you haven't placed the financial assets to retire at 62 or maybe even earlier, but do you really want to? So many of us at middle age dream of leaving the office or workplace as soon as we can afford to uh, get the heck out of there. But according to an article by Richard Johnson in the April 22, 2019 Wall Street Journal, Evidence suggests that early retirement can hurt your physical and emotional health and hasten cognitive decline. It may even kill you, according to the article. Like me, you probably ask, how in the heck can that be? Uh, uh, Why would you want to work for several more years if you can afford to uh, retire now, and how would that be good for your health? Well, of course, an obvious first question is, Do you like what you do for a living? 
if you follow the advice of our program, it is possible to have a great time while you earn a living, so long as you have a clear understanding of your talents, what you really want to do in life, and how you can best serve others, and that your job is utilizing those talents and is not producing stress, but you actually enjoy going into work on Monday morning. But sadly, for most of us earning a living, uh, it's not so much a pleasure as a necessity, is it? Strenuous, stressful work can wear folks down and damage their health. Conventional wisdom correctly tells us that once we retire, we will have time to follow our dreams, passion, and uh, pursue activities that will enrich our lives. But as uh, Richard Johnson points out, in our rush to leave the workplace, we don't realize that retirement has a downside, especially over the long term. Many retirees indulge in unhealthy behaviors to start out. Uh, They begin sedentary, eat too much uh, too often. They may drink too much or even smoke too much. A few of us still do that. I can't believe who would, but some do. And evidence also suggests that the mental exercise that work provides, and I would clarify that to most work, there certainly are some jobs that uh, don't, give you much mental exercise, but any that do uh, keeps seems to keep people mentally sharp. And on retirement, we may watch too much television or eat out too often, and we all know that restaurants aim to appeal to our taste buds much more than they do to our health and to our good health. And here's the other big negative. Without the purpose of fulfilling work, Retirees can become adrift and even depressed. And without the camaraderie of co-workers, we can uh, risk becoming socially isolated. And as much as we love our spouses, being together with them 24-7 actually often creates new tensions. And I've known a number of couples who have suffered through post-retirement marital difficulties. And here's another problem. Right after retirement, Folks rush to enjoy those pleasures that they have been putting off. They may may be overindulged in them, for example, grandparenting, world travel, or taking up golf. And after a few years, these activities may become old hat and boring along with everything else. Perhaps most disturbing of all, without the intellectual stimulation that the right career can provide, Retirement can accelerate cognitive decline and actually increase the risk of mortality. And here's an example. A Boston College study concluded that delaying retirement to their late 60s or later reduced the five-year mortality risk for men in their early 60s by 32%. So certainly you don't want to retire and die right away. Learning new skills on the job is particularly important, though, if we hang around. Such activities may help the brain become more adaptable and better compensate for age-related erosion in cognitive ability, and none of us want that. When folks retire, they typically get less mental exercise because work activities for most are more cognitively stimulating than home activities. You mean 
washing the dishes doesn't challenge our intellect. <laughs> a 2014 study in, uh, in France of half a million retired self-employed workers found that dementia was significantly less common among those who retired later than among those who retired earlier, and the studies also reveal that despite having far more time for favorable relationships, retirement shrinks social networks for most folks, and valuable uh, camaraderie and support is gone. And the impact is especially large for you women and you college graduates. Smaller social networks and social isolation tend to reduce life satisfaction and impair both physical and mental health. But here's some good news, it should be obvious. A paying job isn't always necessary to reap the benefits of work. About one-third of Americans aged 55 or older regularly volunteer for church-related, community, or charitable organizations or causes, and we all know that such unpaid volunteer activities can involve levels of physical, cognitive, and social engagement similar to those in paid employment, and they can really make us feel good, can't they? Because they we're donating our services, employing our talents, what we're really good at, without expecting any monetary compensation. And that uh, creates a world of good feeling, doesn't it? So long as you're not overworked and you're still saying no to things that you aren't that good at. And many studies have concluded that unpaid work for a worthy cause reduces depression and loneliness and greatly increases life satisfaction for older adults. <laughs> Not really surprising, is it? So if you're financially able to retire at 62 or even at 55, should you? Well, to begin, if you have good reason to dislike your present job and there are no better ones available, retire as soon as you can. There's never any reason for it to let a, a job drive you to your grave. You need to find, even if you need to have a job, find something that is better suited to you because you don't want to shorten your lifespan with lousy work. And to begin uh, with the health benefits from working aren't generally shared by folks with especially stressful, boring, or physically demanding jobs. For instance, workers in blue-collar jobs, and I don't mean to knock these, there are some very good blue-collar jobs, but on average they accumulate health problems more rapidly as they age and uh, than do those in less physical jobs. And uh, blue-collar workers usually experience health gains when they retire, which is not so true of white-collar jobs. How about you? What are your plans for a joyful and productive retirement? In my book, A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, I recognize you approach pending retirement in the same manner you would plan a radical career transition. Your initial task is to target an ideal post-retirement vocation. By that, I mean a primary daily activity. But the good news in this case, you won't need to concern yourself with level of compensation. That will all depend on your pension, Social Security benefits, and whatever investment earnings are coming in.
An initial task is to target an ideal post-retirement vocation or primary activity, but the good news is in this case you don't need to concern yourself with level of compensation. It's just what you really want to do and how you can help yourself and others. What off-postponed lifelong goals might you strive to accomplish? Who can benefit from what you're doing and how will they benefit from your activity? Will your retirement plans challenge you to expand your horizons, learn new things, and keep your mind sharp over the years to come? And are these activities that you can share with your spouse, are there some that both of you can enjoy and the two of you can expend extensive quality time together uh, on not just on domestic chores. And how can support, how can you support your spouse so that he or she will also prosper in their post-retirement years? And one final piece of advice, don't rush into retirement simply because you can afford to. If at all possible, plan out and visualize implementation of your post-employment years long before your actual date of retirement. Of course, in a lot of cases, it's not totally under your control because so many employers have mandatory retirement ages. But once a sound strategy is firmly in place, you can approach pending retirement with calm anticipation because launching successful retirement can be every bit as promising as uh, a new business venture, but without the financial risk, so long as you make certain that you have finances in order and that your lifestyle objectives are in line with estimated cash flows now and in the future, you are in the same enviable position as a wealthy heir or a lottery jackpot winner. One other thing, for God's sake, don't consider yourself any less worthy or essential simply because you no longer have a formal position title next to your resume. Far too many people place their worth based on what they say they do for a living, and that just doesn't make any sense, as we all know. We're all wiser than that. And perhaps for the first time in your life, you will now have the opportunity to serve yourself and others without concerning yourself with how much you'll get paid. And for positive suggestions on contemplating retirement, and in conquering all of the other challenges of middle age, I recommend you check out my popular book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. You'll find it on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or through our website, middleagerenewal.com. And join us again next week when our guest will suggest how you can access your superpowers. And believe it or not, we all have them. Bye for now. From Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com.